which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. Right before Jesus ascended to heaven, he commanded his disciples to go out to all the world and spread the good news. When we think of spreading the word, we typically think of evangelists and preachers. They tell the word, they interpret the word. And this is how they fulfill Jesus' command to spread the gospel message. But is that all there is to doing so? Or are we as Christians called to a more active role? Let us first look at St. Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. He complimented the Thessalonians for, from them the word of the Lord has sounded forth. He compliments them for spreading the gospel message. But it's not because they send forth preachers to other lands. Rather, Paul calls them models for all the believers and praises how they become imitators of us and of the Lord. He recognized their turning to God from idols to serve the living and true God. The Thessalonians did not just idly sit back to await Jesus' return. Instead, they served God by serving their neighbor. They demonstrated their gratitude for the gift that Christ offered them, deliverance from the coming wrath. But the interesting thing is the result of their service to their neighbor is that the gospel message did spread to the people of Macedonia and Achaia and beyond. The gospel message is spread by actions and the witness of converted lives. Jesus touches on this question in our gospel. The Pharisees are attempting to trip up Jesus by asking him, which commandment is the greatest? Now, we're not referring to those Ten Commandments, but instead to the nearly 613 commandments that are found in the Hebrew Bible, also known as the Torah. Rabbis debate time and time again how some of these commandments are more important than others. But in this particular encounter, the Pharisees hoped that Jesus would identify a minor one as the most important, 
so that they could accuse him of not knowing the law and bringing shame on his ministry as teacher of the law. But instead, Jesus turns the tables on them once again because he responds with the prayer known as the Shema. Observant Jews pray this prayer several times a day, and the Pharisees would be included in that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus points out that our love of God must be total. It's not good enough to know the law of God as the Pharisees of Jesus' time. They were only loving God with their minds. But the Thessalonians were loving God with their whole person by hearing God's word and putting it into practice by loving their neighbor. He concludes by telling the crowd that the whole law depends on these commandments. And in fact, the way he puts it, the whole law and the prophets depends on these commandments. That is code word to say all of divine revelation depend on love of God and love of neighbor. You cannot love God and hate your neighbor. In the reading from Exodus, in our first reading, it is plainly stated by the Lord, You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If ever you do wrong to them and they cry out to me, I will kill you with the sword. The Lord continues by speaking about the unjust treatment of neighbors through demanding interest when you loan them money, and also about keeping someone's cloak as a pledge. The law says that you would return that cloak in the, at nighttime so that they have something to protect their body. The love of neighbor demonstrates the love of God. The love of God fortifies us to love our neighbor. Now, Jesus was not giving new commandments. Rather, he tied the love of God and the love of neighbor together. We are all in this together in our response to God's love. Last Sunday, I attended the Confirmation Mass at St. John Paul II, where 75 youth were confirmed by our Archbishop including eight of our own youth. During his homily, he remarked to the people that each candidate had written him a letter, and he had four questions that he wanted them to answer. And he held up his binder that contained the letters and says, these letters show these candidates have embraced their faith. They are truly in love with God. But then he went on to say that the fourth question he asked had to do with their service project. And he basically stated, 
They understand that love of God means they need to love their neighbor. As they described to the Archbishop, some of their projects, which included visiting the homebound or people at nursing homes or working at soup kitchens or shelters. Love of God and love of neighbor were learned by these candidates, probably not just in their sacramental preparation, but, through, but in their families and in their respective parishes. Jesus shows us the way, not just in his preaching, but also in how he lived his life among us. Time and time again, he reconciled people. He included people. Jesus ate with sinners. He spoke with prostitutes and Samaritan women. He forgave those who put him to death. He forgave Peter who denied him. He expects nothing less from us. On the surface, loving God and loving our neighbor sounds easy, but each and every one of us knows it is far from easy. We are self-centered. We continue to look out for ourselves and not our neighbor. It is a symptom of our society. And we may even think with some pride that it's harder for us than it was for people of earlier days. But as the story in Exodus shows, greed and selfishness have been around for a long, long time. So how can we accomplish Christ's commandments of loving so totally, so completely as he did? We cannot, but God can. Jesus suffered and died for us to free us from our sin and offer us an incredible gift, friendship with our God. He also, through his sacrifice, offers us grace to love. We have the ability and the freedom to love because of God's gift of his son. His son's offering of his life on the cross, and at this altar, every time we celebrate the Mass, gives us the strength to love. We are truly beneficiaries of a great gift. And so we offer to God our gratitude through the love that he has shown us by us also loving our neighbor. We receive strength to do this by receiving him in the Eucharist. So let us together as a parish family Return that love through love of neighbor. It is our commandment. It is our privilege. Through his grace, let it be so.